Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. This is not going to be our new music, but I really like this song. I do, too. It feels like we should have belly dancers here which, in the studio. Which would be challenging at 6 a.m., as we've thought about before. Indeed. So... Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insight on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mic and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for a mature audience. If you are offended or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Right now. Right now. See, now we're just <laughs> ripping off the Barak and Sheba show. They changed their music, and now they're they do. Although, uh, Barak normally sings, right now. Oh, <laughs> it's a little scary. Yeah, it, it is, <laughs> to be honest. So today on the uh, Erotic Awakening podcast, uh, we have an interview with uh, Trouvert, a uh, friend of ours who uh, also fell into the, well, I could talk about that trap. And we said, well, now you must. <laughs> and he's going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, how to have sex before the internet came along, basically. <laughs> he's going to talk a little bit about... real old timers yes, are going to be yes. <laughs> sharing some secrets. Smut by postal mail <laughs> and vampire stories and why they do and don't work and vanilla lovins and all kinds of interesting stuff that you know, from pretty interesting ranging conversation absolutely so, so we'll awesome. get to that in a little bit we will also uh want to point out that there's a what's in a name studios where he has some floggers that he wants to show off and we'll put that in our show notes as well awesome love the show notes oh we will have a question of the day that we're going to go over how to keep my toys clean and all kinds of other stuff like you're used to at this point mm-hmm <laughs> so hi don hi dan uh, anything on the dog report? I don't. She's over there chewing on your office chair. Yes. And she's getting taller. And the cat's still aggravating her. Did you see what the cat did this morning? Just stood on the table and like wagged her tail at her like, you can't get me. You do that to me all the time. <laughs> I know. Mine is, come and get me. <laughs> yes, yes. You're not very good at the whole running away thing. No, not so much. So uh, let's talk about this question of the day, I guess, to start off with. Uh, okay. Somebody wrote in and asked, how do I keep my toys clean? And that's a pretty uh, great question. Uh, I recommend putting your butt plugs in the uh, dishwasher. And you suggested you were not thinking that was such a great idea. I'm not. I know people that do that, dildos and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, my dishes are going to be cleaned in there that I eat off of. And so I'm curious <laughs> if you listeners would ever share a dildo. And most people would say, well, I would put a condom on it. But at a, for a while there, I wanted some shareable dildos. So I was going to go with glass. Mm -hmm. And it was recommended to me that glass was probably the easiest to sterilize. Mm -hmm. um, but we ended up buying a variety of glass dildos. So you would have your own personal one. And Right, right. Yeah, we ended up not sharing. It just yeah. still just didn't seem like a... I mean, the glass, I think that's the absolutely best way to go cleanly-wise and keeping it clean and stuff. But still don't know that it's shareable without a condom, no matter how you clean it between people. So, ladies, if you're at home listening right now and you're playing with your dildo, think about <laughs> would you be comfortable sharing that with someone else? Ooh. Would you share it with me? 
<laughs> Not in a pegging sense, but more a of a sense. just because I want to see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Master Evolution, who's a local cat, uh, recommended that on his leathers, he uses a saddle soap, and then after cleaning it off thoroughly, uh, that's how he keeps his leather leather clean. And then with metal, he just uses sanitized hand wash or alcohol. Uh, he also mentions clothespins, but uh, I concur with him. Use them once, throw them away. There are mm-hmm. 50 of them for a dollar. Why not? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, And, you know, it's always good to have... Um, I like different people's opinions on how to keep toys clean. Because I like saddle soap, and I do that on a long-term basis with our leather. But, like, if we're at a flogging station, like we did at Tees, you know, there's other way. You don't have time to do the saddle soap. Sure, so what's sure. A, what's a quickie way, you know, between working on people that's, that's just as cleanly. So, you know, it's always good to, to hear from other people. So, and then we have um, Tamiris. Tamiris. We know it's another local person. I just screwed up the font. Oh, okay, okay. For the pinwheel, wooden paddle, clothespins, and ball gag, I'd use a solution of 10 to 1 water to bleach. Ooh, bleachy taste on the ball gag. (laughs) Let the solution sit for a minute to take full effect, then make sure they got dried and properly put away. I agree with Master Evolution about the leather. It's a little harder to keep 100% safe. But if you use saddle soap, which contains oil to protect the leather, it can also then be disinfected with bleach water. Also agree on the clothespins. Either reserve them for a single partner or replace them for each partner. Now, we used to have a really neat um, uh, selection of plastic pinwheels, or what people call Wurttemberg wheels. Right, right. Because that's what they're supposed to be called. Um they were little plastic ones, and they were about five bucks each, and we would yeah. use them on people, and then we would give it to them. Right, right. And say, you know, here's a little memento. Here's your own little personal... We may still have one wheel. or two left, and I like those because they came in a sealed bag. We found a medical vendor. Yeah. And bought like a, a handful of them from a medical vendor, and, and they've lasted us. So I really liked those. Use them on a person, and then boom, they have a gift. Same way with the clothespins. Right. I know people that do rope. That do the same thing because they run their rope up somebody's crotch. Right. They actually have learned how to do their rope so that an extra piece is used. Oh, right, right, right. For the crotch part, like like a foot long piece that's sure. that's added sure. to it, and then the person that they're working the rope with is given that piece of rope for their personal collection instead of having to clean the rope. You know, every single time they use it, uh-huh. you know, and it touches the naughty bits. And, so. I, and I will say one of my more cherished possessions is a, and this is slightly off topic, but when mm-hmm. we, is a uh, patch with a pig on it mm-hmm. for the, uh, the first and only time, if I remember correctly, time that I've been flogged. Right. The person gave me a, a, a uh, little patch of with a pig on it. Mm-hmm. And they said, this, I give this to all my bottoms because they're greedy little pigs. And so, I don't know that I was a greedy about no. being flogged. I, <laughs> I certainly haven't gone back for seconds. But, uh, so, but it's neat to have that memento. Right. You know, when you leave a scene. So I, I like that idea. And then, you know, one of the things that, that uh, the cat and the puppy, oh my word. <laughs> So, but um, one of the things that we've used before is that Oster spray yes. that you get from the beauty store. Yes. So, Highly recommended that one. Yeah. That one's been recommended to us for a long time. And that's usually what we use between like quick scenes. Now, if it touched somebody's nether regions, I would never cross, you know, that toy. That toy gets set aside until it's cleaned at home. And, so, yeah. And one other, yeah, absolutely. And, and one other thing worth mentioning, <clears throat> excuse me, is the... Um, when you're playing in a public dungeon, mm-hmm. you'll see there's a lot of uh, a lot of times they'll have the sanded wipes laying right. about, 
And that's interesting to watch how many people do and don't use the sanity wipes to wipe down their station after mm -hmm. playing. Most of them do. But uh, on occasion, you'll see somebody use the sanity wipe and then, it's, you know, it's not even dry yet before somebody's leaping up there. And really, my understanding is you have to leave it up there for a couple of minutes for it to really for be effective. For it to work. Yeah. So, you know what? That's why I bring my own fur. Yeah. I lay it on equipment, too, because I don't know what's been cleaned and what's not. and Or we'll wash down before we even play on it and let it dry. And, you know, so. and that's an interesting thing to watch if you're thinking about playing with someone and you see that they, you know, uh, play with multiple people. What do they do with their toys after they play? Mm -hmm. Do they just toss them back in the bag or <laughs> are they... Um, going to take a moment to clean them off or maybe even as i've seen a lot of people do they, they as we do we rotate out toys once we've used them we'll rotate them out right and we'll rotate in something else for the next person right so yeah that is a good clue how comes your how's your caning thing coming along well <laughs> i mean i haven't really done any training on it i need to find a class though what i figured out was that um when we bought the girl at the dom sub auction at tees and I picked up the canes to caner. You know what? I know what I like. Right. <laughs> so that's what I did to her. Yeah. I could tell that she wanted, and when we negotiated, you know, she said that she wanted some pain and she liked some pain. And I had just done a scene with um, Crazy Heart. Mm -hmm. And he had just caned my, my breast. And, and I just remember how I liked it. So I picked up the cane and I caned hers. And when she looked at me, that told me I was definitely on the right track. <clears throat> so I know some spiritual tops that um, do like rhythmic caning and stuff. And, and I may get into that. But I think... If the person underneath me is wanting pain, I think I'll be able to deliver that. <laughs> so So do you believe at this point, as you're screwing around, that bottoms make better tops? Because you just said that because of my said. experience with Crazy Heart, I was able to name drop, work out <laughs> uh, what I wanted to do to someone else. Do they make better tops? I don't think. I don't think I would go that far because that would be like saying that a bottom would make a better top than you to me. And no, you've gotten to know me. You're the better top to me. So I think there's pros and cons, but it just happened to work out that evening. I probably wouldn't use the word better. I would say that bottoms that top have an advantage over tops that don't bottom. I think so, except we may also assume that we know what the bottom likes because of what we like. Uh, Whereas yeah. a top that doesn't bottom, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to have to look at that. You just threw that question out of the blue to me, so now I'm going to be percolating with that. But, you know, a top that doesn't bottom really has to pay attention to the bottom and get That's to know true. the bottom to see what they like and not project onto the bottom what they think they might like. Right. But I do know some switches that that think they top well because they know how to bottom right. or vice versa. So that's a que Ooh, question for the audience. What do you think? Now I do know we discussed recently, we were at tease as yeah. well. And we had the discussion, should all dominance bottom before they top or should all dominance be subs before they're dominance? And you know, I'm, I'm an emphatic, no, it's whatever works for you and whatever your path is. Some, that's the path they follow. Some don't and do absolutely fine. So, Well, I can understand that some jazz music musicians may feel it a good idea to marry a woman who's dying from gingivitis so they could sing about their blues. But, <laughs> I'm not, but I am not going one. to bottom just so I may become a better artist at topping. No. I no. just don't like it.
No. Oh, and you know what? Which means, and if you just don't like it, what are you going to learn from it? Except if you project onto the bottom. You know? But there is some things I would learn from it. If if yeah. when I when I hit myself with a toy, I get a feel for what that toy does. So if somebody were to beat me with a toy, right. I would get a better understanding of what that toy does. Right. Well, you would get an understanding of what it feels like physically. Right. You know you don't like it. I love it. So how can you transfer that that hate to like or love or give me more? <laughs> Where are you gonna buy your canes at? Where am I gonna buy my canes at? <gasps> I don't know. Does she have any? Around Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide to all things sex-related. They offer over 3,000 unique products and have served the sex-positive community for over 10 years. From a variety of things that they have to a variety of things that they also have. <laughs> That's nice. You'll find it all at smittenkittenonline.com. And to be honest, I don't know if they have canes, but you should go look. I should go look. The idea is to get foot traffic to the site. So if you're there looking for canes, maybe you'll pick up some lube. Ooh, that would be nice too. Or a new tentacle dildo. Or some more glass (laughs) dildos for our collection. So, or you know what? I got all kinds of things. I must be horny. I got all kinds of products going through my head. And and in case my boss is listening to the podcast, Uh one, I'm probably fired already. Two, (laughs) I am taking off part day so we can have sex later. Yay! Which is pretty funny (laughs) to, to say that our schedule is that busy. That we have been trying for the last five days, uh, and it's not that we don't have time to have sex, but we want time to have an actual scene. A scene, yes. So, you know what? Having a new puppy is like having a new baby. Yes. We can't close the door because she'll bark at the door. Right. We can't, yeah. <laughs> Just a little rough. Can't run around with my... Tingle running out. No, she'll bite it. About. That's just not ooh. <laughs> not, not no. <laughs> See, now I want to edit. That would be editable right there. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know what, though? Cane-wise, to go back to canes, yeah. I do need to buy some more. We had a whole collection of canes that we kept in a soft-sided gun case. Yep. That we would carry with us um, from hotel to hotel, and it disappeared. And I have a feeling we left it behind. It's been gone for a while, because I went to find it one day in the closet, and it's just gone. So I have a feeling we've left it behind in a hotel somewhere over the last couple of years. I was I was <laughs> very happy with the canes that we got from the King Shop. Absolutely. Uh, granted, they are one of the uh, people that provide bandwidth for the Erotic Awakening, so I will put mm-hmm. that caveat out there. But I'm still very happy with their, mm-hmm. their product. Um but you're right, we are. We're, we seem to have a cane shortage. We do. So we need Because we used canes. to have a Lexan cane. We had my purple one. We had, you know. What was all, the purple? Oh, that was gone. in that. Okay, it was okay, in that okay. collection. Yeah, yeah. So some nice stuff. So yeah, I love theirs, but I'd like another, another cane or two to work with. So yay. Anyway, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Now, their next event, they just had the Rough Body Play one Saturday, and I hear that went really, really well. Their next event is the AIS Lifestyle Motorcycle Ride, Saturday, August 10th, 2013, starting here in Columbus, Ohio. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. I was surprised to find out that is their fourth annual. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. So time flies. So we should mention we do have a few new subscribers to the Erotic Awakening newsletter, which uh, does not see a lot of business. We don't send a whole lot on it. No, we send out about once a month, so it's almost time to send out another one. We have Stephen from Illinois. And Beth from Idaho. LD from Missouri. And Sylvia from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. 
So, awesome. And, you know, we've actually been getting a lot of FET mail, too. So, um, oh, I did throw the question out there about the UK, Britain, England. What are we supposed to be saying? And um, someone wrote back and said, it actually doesn't really matter what you say. There are people who are proud Welsh, Scottish, English, Irish, bearing in mind that not all of Ireland is part of the UK. But most people tend to refer to themselves as British. It's a little bit like the queer debate, to be honest. So you're not going to say anything wrong. If you aren't sure, then just ask. And that was uh, Mimi Workslave. But then we got another comment from, and maybe we've gotten two other comments on this, on our uh, on the thread for the po- podcast posting. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much saying the same thing, but not exactly the same thing. So there's oh. your queer debate sort of thing. Okay, so yeah. uh, we'll just be careful if we ever end up over there to say that we're Canadian. <laughs> no, I think Canadians would probably know better than Americans, actually. I, uh, I've actually been told if you're traveling abroad uh-huh. that Americans are not, not liked in a lot of places and that you're better off just saying you're Canadian. Canadian? Oh, yeah. Okay, I can do that. I can say a boot. We're going a boot. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a Canadian, so there you go. So, and actually, we just spent um, a nice time Sunday with some of our Canadian friends that were down here in Ohio oh. that are moving to Ohio. And I'm glad that you brought that up because this gives us an opportunity to plug Phil's Fudge Factory. Oh, that was is... so cool. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Phil's Fudge Factory is the official fudge provider to the Erotic Awakening podcast, which means once a month they send us a box of fudge. And we mm-hmm. say, Phil's Fudge Factory is the official sponsor, uh, fudge sponsor of Erotic Awakening. Yeah, fudge is so good. Yes. Yeah, you could look it up by going to Phil, or just Google Phil's Fudge Factory. There's only mm-hmm. one. But, so you were saying. <laughs> so we had some that had just come in, and I'm like, oh, housewarming gift. When we go down there, we'll give them a box of fudge. Not even thinking, when we handed them the fudge, they're like, oh, Phil's. And I'm like, oh, crap. Phil's Fudge Factory is from Edmonton, and this couple is from Edmonton, so they're used to Phil's Fudge. It's not like it's this big (laughs) surprise or or something. So that was kind of neat. That was kind of neat. I thought thought that was kind of funny that (laughs) between them and the fudge, there's been quite some distance traveled to get... Them eating Back that together. Fudge, yes. <laughs> so, so that was awesome. That was a great time spent with them, and um, I'm sure we'll have them on here at some point. Um, let's see. Gosh, more Canadian stuff. Uh, love it. Someone wrote us. Oh, does, he changed his name to her property after the DSR. <laughs> you know that, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't quite get it until I read it, heard it out loud. Uh huh. Her underscore proper underscore T, and since his real name starts with T. That's kind of cool, too. Yes, yes. So her property. And um, what they were looking for was they wanted to buy a copy of our book, Living MS, but they wanted an EPUB version. And I guess being in Canada, their options aren't the same as being in America. So they were trying to find an EPUB version, and they said that they found it on Kobo. Yes, they they have a Kobo reader for their Kobo shopping. Nice, nice. So they were able to find it on there. Great. Um, And then we had Belle write us. Oh, Belle. Belle always looks so cute in her pink tutu and a pink outfit. So Belle up at Tees and wants us to teach. Uh, we're coming back to Tees next year. So wrote us and said that they want us to teach an energy BDSM class at Tees next year. So we'll have to talk to DA. Absolutely. And also worth mentioning is we got some love mail as well. Feather Rose and Little Birdie also wrote in. Just randomly wrote in, say they love the podcast. Very much appreciate that. 
Also appreciate Little Birdie saying, I have a sexy voice. I assume that Little Birdie's talking to me. It might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just go You've with that. You've got the sexy voice. Absolutely. So, And then um, last night I was at Monkey Puzzle Club. Yes, yes. And Mr. Malaprop comes in and he's got this, oh, you can't see my hands, but they're kind of cupped in front of me. And he's got this rubber purple ball. And he presents it to me. And I'm like, okay, what is this? It's a, oh. And I unwrap it. I kind of like fold the outer layer of the ball down uh-huh. and it's eight tentacles and it's a little rubber purple octopus Aww. on my desk. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was actually loud during the, the, the workshop during Monkle Puzzle Club and I offered them the octopus for a gag. So it'll probably work <laughs> the way the head's shaped. It's kind of Yeah, it's neat. just weird. Yeah, because then they'll have these tentacles stuck out of their mouth. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> I thought where you were going with the orange was somewhere else. I thought you were going to go by with, with to the orange hanky question that we recently oh, asked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did. We asked the orange hanky because you usually wear yours on the left for a top. I wear mine on the right for a bottom, which is kind of how, you know, we've been taught that hankies are. And we and put it out there. And this is standard for the hanky code mm-hmm. and the orange hanky being... Um, Open And the way I say it when people ask is that I am open to negotiating anything with anyone, anytime. Right. So, and I usually say that too. It means open to negotiation. No, you say it differently. You say it much more in a rude way. I admit to that. No, I don't. I say um, anything, any open to negotiation, anything, anytime, anywhere, just not with anyone. Yes. (laughs) Which I I just find that a little more rude, the way you put it. But anyway. I kind of give it off as a little funny. So... Um, and we were written in and we were told that, um, the way he was taught was that left side is anything, anytime, not necessarily anybody. See, maybe that's where I get it from. Mm -hmm. And orange hanky on the right side says not looking for anything right now. And, um, he says, if you think about it, orange hanky is being up to the possibility of anything. So by default, that would cover both topping and bottoming. So the orange hanky goes against the trend of the rest of the hanky, left, top, right, bottom. And I see that. I understand the logic of that. If the orange hanky isn't just, if it says it's truly up to anything. Yeah. Go so, on. And he says, I'm not sure why right means not up for anything. I personally would just not flag. But that's what I've been taught from my leather family. And I got to thinking about it. And um, I know for me, it just doesn't make sense. Because in the gay leather world where the hanky code was created... Switching wasn't switching was very much a frowned upon, and even today, um, I know someone locally that was um, not—I don't know that they weren't allowed, but it was strongly suggested that they not run for a power exchange title because they were a switch. So it's still kind of frowned upon. So if you've got a hanky in your pocket that says "I'm up for anything, top or bottom," it's screaming, "Hey, I'm a switch," and. I just don't get it. So if anybody, so logically, it's not making sense to me why the hanky would be up for anything top or bottom, not interested in anything on the other side. So if anybody's got any more wisdom on this, I mean, I'm sure that's absolutely what he was taught in his leather household. And I have seen it, you know, in different places presented like that. I've also seen it presented left side, anything up for anything as a top and right side up for anything as a bottom. So I'm kind of curious on people's uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, and I don't believe, if I remember correctly, that orange is part of the original. And originally there was like, well, originally, okay, so if you're a fan of the leather history sort of thing, in the beginning it was keys. Right. Your keys were on the left or your keys were on the right. Simple mm-hmm. as that. 
Uh, and then as time goes by, the, or, the hanky code system, where you have a variety of colored hankies on your left or right to determine, signify what you're into that night or at all. Uh, but the originally there's six, maybe eight colors when this was first published. And I believe right. it was first published in a magazine called Drummer. Not absolutely sure about that. I would have to look it up. Regardless, now there's dozens upon dozens. Oh, my there's God, yeah. Do white doilies and there's, uh, and, and even we have continued this trend <laughs> with our gamer hanky. So, but you know what's kind of cool though? Out for one of my walks the other morning, I just stopped into a drugstore to pick up some sandwich bags to put my phone in because it was raining so hard. <laughs> and they have this huge hanky station. Yes, they have this huge display of plain colored, bright hankies. And I so want to say, hey, do you want a list of the hanky code to put with this so people know what to flag? The funny thing to <laughs> me is, who uses hankies anymore? I know. So where is it coming from? I mean, it's... I. <laughs> well, it may well be very popular right now. We're just not be beacons of popular culture, you and I. Maybe, maybe. But if I see people flagging out their back pocket, I hope that's not going into pop culture, like the collar. That's going to be so confusing. I do want to mention to our listeners that we are now on Stitcher. If you're using the app, the app for either your iPhone or your Android called Stitcher, you can find Erotic Awakening on there now. That will prevent you from having to actually download the episodes at all. For people that have find subscribing to podcasts tricky, it's, a, it's just a different way to do it. Okay. It's um, an option. Awesome. Awesome. So, well, you got another picture of food on boobs. Yes, the entire uh, BOE. Well, no, no, it's not the BOE clan. I take that back. It's the, uh, the farm clan, we'll call them. I'm so glad that comes to our joint account. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't my day start like this? That's what I, I want to know. know. <laughs> uh, this particular picture from uh, Will, Lisa, Lynn, Julian, Wicked, and Robert share, um, featured uh, boobies with coffee and cookies. Is that cookies. how you would like me to start giving you your vitamins in the morning? On your boobies? On the boobies. They would roll. Yeah. I can hold, see, I can hold them up like that. I have cleavage. Then you have to find them. Yes. <laughs> I would have to bury oh, my I face like between that. your tits to find my vitamins, <laughs> which would probably be two different workouts in one. Uh, so thank you for those food on boobs. Um, if you have boobs and you have food, you too could write me or send me a picture of your boobs with food on them and be on the podcast. That's your it would be your claim to fame. Ooh. You can put that on your tombstone. <gasps> Led a good life, had food on boobs on the Rock Waking podcast. <laughs> Don't know if I'd want that on or my tombstone. Or your work resume. <laughs> or your work Why not? Do you have any references? Well, I do have my food and boobs uh, talked about on the podcast. Nice, nice. And also uh, a bungee from the Australia uh, says that <laughs> uh, this is my favorite comment uh, recently his, he's been working on a, page, on a web page but it's become bigger than Ben-Hur I'm a big Ben-Hur fan so I particularly like that comment um, but it's, it's chock full of information girly boobs and Rizzo the Wonder Dog and uh, Ginger why don't you have a cool nickname like Wonder Dog or something I don't know but the first time he mentioned Rizzo the Wonder Dog 
I thought he was talking about somebody that was in the puppy play. And then he sent us all these pictures, and there's a picture of a dog in there. And I'm like, I wonder why he has a picture of a dog in there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's because a it's real a dog. dog. Yes. It was neat hearing his voice on the voicemail, too. So we've been exchanging emails for a while. So it's kind of neat to said? put a voice to. Yes. yes. <laughs> you, too, can leave us a voicemail at 614-414-2072. Or send us a comment form, which can be found on the webpage. Or make a comment on that comment, comment form, form instead of sending <laughs> us an entire comment form. I was still shuffling notes. <laughs> on Twitter, we are known as Dan and Dawn. Facebook, Erotic Awakening, one word. So, Or you can find our group on FetLife, where we do ask random questions sometimes to try to get an audience opinion. And that would be Erotic Awakening, two words. And I will point out that the uh, Rizzo the Wonder Dog podcast still has more ratings than we do. Isn't that horrible? Really? So oh. you could rate us on iTunes and help us out there. Tweet about us, lick us on Facebook, or tell your friends. I wonder if people ever actually look for these made-up podcasts that I make. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, because I was listening to the Kevin Pollock chat show the other day. He was interviewing John Larroquette. John Larroquette mentioned his son has a podcast, so I immediately jumped in there to go to look for the podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, so that, that concerns me that I'm leading people <laughs> People to... are looking for Rizzo the Wonder Dog. That would be actually good. I would, want, I would listen to that show. Well, you actually. confused me the first couple of times that you brought it up because I was like, huh? I felt like Dr. Horrible for a second. What? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, our new postcards have come in. Oh, I'm just they looking have. over here at the two boxes full of postcards. So we've got a Erotic Awakening on one side, Power Exchange Summit, and Beyond the Love on the other side. I was thinking the other day, yes, beautiful postcards. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, getting them out somewhere. Hey, if you're running an it's event. It's on my list, yes. If you're if running you, a list. Oh, let us know and we'll send you some postcards. Or if you just want to see a postcard, we'll send you one. Awesome. Um, I was thinking the other day we should make our podcast daily. Really? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> Did you notice me going, oh, logically, how do we do that in the morning, right. every morning? Because we have a lot to do. We do have a lot to do. Uh, Big Fatty does it. Indeed. A couple other people do it. Indeed. And, and Big Fatty actually has a job True. as well. He True. works in the man cave or something like that. True. So, so it's certainly possible to do. Well, sometimes we've tried to do those little 20-minute shows, and they just don't work. They turn. This was supposed to be a short one. Look at what happened. But if we talk every day... We wouldn't have such a backlog. Maybe, maybe. So uh, we're good. let's. Uh, speaking of talking, let's go ahead and talk to Chauvier, uh, who we'll be seeing at the Floating World fairly soon. Uh, and clearly, the dog needs some kind of attention. Absolutely. So, Don, one of the many people that we're going to be seeing at the Floating World, along with Lee Harrington and Barry Kinshiba and the other wonderful presenters. It just so happens that Truvera is going to be there as well. And we've been exchanging email and such with Truvera lately. And I've been getting kind of turned on. So I get the impression, Truvera, that you've kind of got some skill at this long-distance sex sort of uh, kink-by-mail sort of thing. I have quite a bit of practice at it. And I have to admit that it usually is not a man on the other end that I'm trying to turn on. But, uh, hey, we're flexible. <laughs> so, Truvera, thank you for being on the podcast. And I think I want to start off with, we're going to go into the past a little bit where we want to start. You had mentioned that you've done, now I know somebody finally taught me what sexting was not too long ago, but you had a previous version of that. 
<laughs> yes, it, not nearly so interactive. Uh, several days turnaround of uh, actual uh, smut by mail. And by that, do you? What, so what do you mean by that? I'm not. Gonna, I won't guess. <laughs> but it's so much fun to listen to you try and guess, <laughs> and then dig out. It's really entertaining. So. Uh, I was in the military at the time, and I had a lot of practice being separated from my wife, uh, like you do. And uh, so one of my outlets was uh, erotic writing. And uh, you can call it erotic writing. You can call it erotica. You could call it smut. You can call it pornography. You can call it whatever you like. It was, it was mainly about uh, sex and the things that I was interested in doing. Uh, in those times we did have together. It was a way to maintain the energy and, and connection. I like that idea. Dan and I used to write stories back and forth, but I think it was still electronic and it was still pretty instant. <laughs> now, when you, you were in the military, were you, uh, were you overseas? Uh, part of, some of the time I was overseas, some of the time I was away at school, some of the time I was deployed. So uh, we've been married just over 25 years. Wow. And... Uh, we were married. We were, I was in the army when we got married, and promptly went away to school. Uh, mm-hmm. And my wife Chanteuse uh, stayed home to finish her master's degree in counseling uh, while I was at language school. And then I went over to Germany. So we were apart for almost eighteen months during that stretch, within just over a year of being married. Wow! So there'd definitely be some kind of some some lag. From yes. one letter to letter. And was it two-way communication, or was it more you writing more of a fiction sort of thing? It, it was me, more me writing a fiction kind of thing. And uh, it, it was very much a, uh, this is something that sounds interesting. And, and it ranged from uh, very, very simple, straight-up sex kind of stuff mm-hmm. through... Uh, you, uh, you just did one uh, uh, that I, I just heard. I'm, I'm working my way backwards through your, uh, through your catalog. So I'm current and back to about 140-ish. So I just heard one on cosplay. So we had a, oh. we ha- we had a vampire story in there. <laughs> and uh, we had some uh, being young vanilla and in the military we had some a little bit of three-way a little bit of bondage a little bit of this and that that we hadn't really done yet but it was a a way to sort of explore those boundaries uh in a context in which she couldn't fuss at me while i was doing it (laughs) now did she write back anything uh she did but it was mostly just reactions coming back she did so I was the, the storyteller, and she was the, ooh. <laughs> nice. So how do you know that it works? What kind of responses would you get from her that says, yeah, this is working, and I'm going to continue along this path? So we got, I got the, the ooh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, especially like this, and I especially like that, because this was both a way to establish and maintain a connection and way to to push different boundaries and see what was working and we so i got the well i like this i didn't so much like that um a little bit of everything going on uh, coming back but like i say the stories were mostly mine and then she was she would react to them so you guys even though you were apart you actually got to know each other a little bit more 
than most newlyweds do. Yeah, in some ways. And uh, actually, we started out uh, non-romantically involved when we first met when I asked her to read some of the philosophy stuff that I had written, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting because uh, it, it actually was a sort of a cornerstone of our relationship was I asked her to read it, and it was some stuff that I wrote in a historical sort of context of a reenactment group. And she asked other people about it, and they said, yeah, he asked everybody to read that. And that was true. I asked everybody to read it, and she went through it, having her degree in psychology, uh, went through it and with a little red pen, and she was all <laughs> set to, to tear me a new one. And then she realized about five minutes into her response to what I had written that I was actually listening to her right. as if she had a brain. Nice. <laughs> and, and that that really surprised her, and, and it changed sort of the timber of our relationship and later, we, we continued that development through writing and philosophy and uh, smutty poetry. Smutty mm-hmm. poetry is always good. Um, all of those things together to sort of help build the relationship. Okay. So, so I, I, need to, I need to know, did, did you actually try any of the stories through the 25 years? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have tried several of them. We haven't tried <laughs> We haven't tried the vampire one. That's kind of a, a, a no-return vampire story. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so we've we've tried some of the the, the bondage stuff, and and honestly, we're we're fairly new to the kink world. Uh, again, still exploring that avenue, uh, looking very much at, at your book as we explore uh, master-slave dominant submission kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things that seems to be interesting is I'm almost entirely about dominance mm-hmm. and I'm not much of a sadist. Right. I'm just not that interested in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've had opportunity to do a little bit of play with others and she's more of a sadist than I am. Huh. <laughs> um, but, and, and honestly, I could see her being dominant, just not to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that that's one of those interesting relationship things, and and we're um, establishing comfort in our relationship with each, our, each other to to continue to see where it goes, with with the firm knowledge that uh, we are first for each other. Right, right, right. And and it's not. I I totally dig the idea of being more dominant focused than sadist focused, and having them two separate things. I am not. Uh, by any means a, a sadist, I will deliver pain uh, as appropriate with, but it's really, it doesn't get me, I don't masturbate to the idea of giving people pain. I masturbate right. to the idea of connecting. Yes, very much so. Not that I masturbate. I'm just saying, if I did. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> self-pleasure. Well, self-pleasure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that, that I do occasionally. Um, Part of that is spending too much time in hotels for work, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yep, understood. Now, so, as the as time goes by, did you ever do you still use the e, the uh, physical letters to communicate, or have you come with new tricks and ideas? We've come with new tricks and ideas, and actually, the latest one that I, I have just experimented with is um, pictures from Tumblr with prose. Okay. So develop a story 
uh, in in pictures and then have text to go with it. Is one of the things she really enjoys is the story. So uh, I'm a guy. I like pictures, but she likes stories. So variations, any of that kind of stuff, is a good uh, warm up, a good entree. Right. See, I like pictures, and that's how, kind of how me and Dan figured out that we like the same thing. It's because we had kind of the same porn collection. <laughs> so, but I, I like the idea of writing the stories around a picture. I mean, I've got a picture in my head that used to be in our porn catalog, our mm -hmm. personal porn catalogs, of the coffee table flipped upside down mm -hmm. and the girl tied spread eagle to the bottom of the coffee table. I know that picture. I know. I remember that picture. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole idea of writing a story about that, I'm thinking that's what you're saying, writing yeah. a story about that picture, like how she got there, what's going on in her head and how her body's reacting. And that's hot. <laughs> yeah. So I've done some that are like that. And that that's fairly simple. But mm -hmm. I've also done them in the ubiquitous HTML with a whole series of pictures. So 15 pictures to develop a scene and oh. it's not the same girl in each picture. It's not the same guy. Right. Actually, it's almost never a guy in my pictures for some strange. <laughs> uh, but the pictures develop the story and I use that to move the story forward. Okay, but I've also done board. single. Yeah. Very much like a storyboard. Okay. Um, with with occasional gifs just to make it entertaining <laughs> animated ones right right so for example one of the animated ones was uh, a close up of a pussy with wait can he uh, say that on here yes he can sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i, I believe ahead. i put that I'm on sorry. there before. I'm just <laughs> which is why i didn't he hesitate <laughs> i apologize if i should have hesitated but no no, uh, no watch, just watch your fucking language <laughs> yeah jesus Christ. what the hell do you think this is <laughs> Sorry, go ahead with the pussy. <laughs> so, uh, close up of a pussy. Mm -hmm. Two two beads, uh, a wet pussy. Right. Two beads of pearls sliding around clitoral hood, over and over and over forever. Nice. Wow. So, that's one of the images that I used. That's a good image. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very visual. I can picture this. <laughs> I. Makes it entertaining. Yes. Wow. So that's a new way of doing it that I have not heard of before. That's awesome. Now, do you end up keeping these as private just between you and her, or do you post them anonymously, publicly, and whoever else comes across them happens to come across them? Um, to, to this date, they're anonymous. Maybe, maybe we will do some of that. <laughs> uh, although I suspect it would be I, – I, I would write it as me. Uh -huh. And post it or share it with a, a a closed circle of friends. Well, maybe this podcast will go on the air one day too. A lot of maybes happening. It could happen. <laughs> so maybe you share it. I'll share it. We'll all be sharing. <laughs> okay. So so I'll tell you what, Don. Okay. You send me the picture. I'll write a story. <laughs> and you write a story for me about the same picture, and we'll see how close our stories are. Ooh. Okay. I'm writing myself a note. Because <laughs> one of the things is I get accused of writing with too much erudition. And I've been told nobody talks that way. Unfortunately, I do speak that way. <laughs> uh, I've, I've always liked words. I enjoy it. Um, I used to get in trouble 
in in times past in a as a policeman in a poorly educated section of the world let's just say mm-hmm. uh for using words that I can't spell oh. which of course is blatantly untrue because I sell, spell exceptionally well and what I was doing was using words that they didn't know yes in my reports which makes court much more fun <laughs> when you start dealing with the lawyers but it makes uh working with the desk sergeant much less fun Yes, yes. And, and, and my writing is just the opposite. I used to be very flowery with my writing, and then I did application support where everybody wants everything in bullet points. So <laughs> now I start with bullet points and try to flower it up. <laughs> uh, I, I, see, I'm, I work in technical sales, so I go the other way. I am flowery, and I will start with, okay, I'll write the long exposition, <laughs> and then I'll go back, and at the top, I'll put the bullet points for the people who aren't going to read the rest of it. And, but that's funny, because in my porn, I like the same, the, the bullet point version of, so for example, if I watch a porn film, I would just assume have the clip version, right? Let's cut out the, air quotes, acting, the dialogue, show me the sex. That's really what I'm here for. <laughs> and then cut to other scenes of sex, and then cut to other scenes of sex, and Please cut out the 20-minute blowjob that's required in every porn film. I can live with that. <laughs> so do you ever find that after you've written and been – because it's very creative, this process, mm-hmm. that when you are – and, you know, this is really more of a – you know, I, I would think that maybe our listeners, as they pursue this kind of relationship and this kind of a creative relationship, may find it concerning that once you're physically in person, that – does it dull the relationship any? For example, if you write about Johnny Studd and how he, you know, has this tremendous erection for four hours and doesn't need to call his doctor and his wife comes 9,000 times. I, you know, I write stories like that, but my actual pen doesn't have that much ink. Yeah. Uh... Nor does mine. For for some reason, none of my uh, heroes are men of massive cock and unending uh, stamina. So I guess the way I address that is all of my stories are reality-based, even in fantasy. It's all stuff that I could do, with the exception of the vampire bit. I can't do that more than once. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was one of the rules that we had when we wrote stories back and forth was that it had to be stuff that could be pushing boundaries, but it had to be stuff that we were willing to do or could do. Yeah, well, and we didn't even have the willing to do. It It had to be something we could do. So, mm, okay. uh, for example, something that I'm sure you're familiar with, I read Stranger in a Strange Land yes. when I was about 15. I still think that's the way things should be. Mm-hmm. But, Hi, Croc. Go ahead. <laughs> precisely. I'm just an A. But uh, finding the group of people that is sufficiently enlightened and and developing that capability in ourselves is a different matter. Sure. So uh, I think the description was notionally uh, polyamorous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would we do it? Maybe. With the people in the story? No, probably not. Right. <laughs> because those are real people, and, and, and we have not reached that point. But it's, it's all stuff that, that physically is within the realm of possibility. Okay. That makes sense to me. And that seems to help to keep a, you know, keep a level of, for me at least, 
there's a level of eroticism in that when you don't take things so far out of context that it is just pure fantasy that, you know, this is one thing that we may actually do one day. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. And, and it's fun because you can say, uh, this, this is what I'm aiming for. And you can help set the scene and you can do a lot of the, the buildup and the tension arousal remotely. Now, when we talk about remotes, have you Ooh, come across any? Yes, yeah, so quite. <laughs> have you come across any technology that can assist you in these in remote relationships? There's a whole bunch of technology, and I'm a technology guy, and I have to admit that for the most part, I don't use any of it that way. Uh, I'm still of the generation that believes that actually picking up the phone and calling someone is difficult. It doesn't occur to me to just whip out my cell phone, which I have, <laughs> and and say, oh, hey, somebody I haven't talked to in three months, let me just whip out my phone and call them. Okay. So uh, we're actually in the process of working more explicitly on that. Part of the transition as we work towards the, the master-slave-dom-sub relationship is establishing a routine – and part of that routine is uh, go back and read the stories that I wrote for you. So, for example, I wrote stories back while I was – it makes it interesting, for one, to think that they made it through the censors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for another, we still have them. And, nice. go back and go back and type those out and read it before you go to bed. Ooh. I and, and think about it. Mm-hmm. And then – the next night, do another one. And oh, by the way, you need to do your kegels too while you're at it. <laughs> because um, I'm, I'm not young anymore. We've been married over 25 years. You might guess that I'm at least 30, right? <laughs> so uh, part of the whole getting back in shape, getting back into uh, where we used to be is physical development and sleep. Here's one for you. Go to bed by 8. By eight? By eight. No electronics after eight. Wow. Oh. <laughs> that, 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 that's, brain, that's brain bending for me. I mean, yes. But one of the best things you can do is get enough sleep of the right type. Oh, absolutely. Very true. I, I, I've heard that. <laughs> and, uh, we have no experience with that, but we have heard that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what scout camp is for. If there's no electricity, when the lights go out, you're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But I've heard rumors that you have perhaps come across some remote-controlled, vibrating sort of panty sort of thing. Yes. So unfortunately, that's not available yet. So the uh, the remote control panty is I'm, – I'm trying to remember who it's from. But it's from, I want to say, one of the condom vendors. And it's a, a remote-controlled – Wi-Fi signal sharing uh, set of underwear that you can control by touch. Um, I think maybe Durex, but it was sure only it was only in too. Australia, right? And it's not released. It's still in alpha or beta. So, so once that happens, that will be very interesting. I, I have seriously considered uh, the idea of. Uh, cell phone gen- cell phone signaled insertables or something like that that would be fun um, 
we do have uh, a remote vibrator that's very short range, but that's kind of fun to play with and and get it going. Um, now the vibrating underwear. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the um, clip that they give for that? Because I can remember that. And they the guy actually looked scared. He was wearing a pair of boxers. And every, cause usually, yes. usually you just hear about this with like the women, you know, a pair of underwear right. and for women. But this showed the guy with a pair of boxers. I think it was boxers. And it showed her. And then it, with her, it was her panties and her bra. Right. So like he would buzz her bra and she would like grab her boobs in shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and it was kind of, it was fun, but it was a little odd. <laughs> yes. And it seems to me that it was um, pressure actuators. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a buzz. It was a push. Oh, okay. And so maybe he looked scared because they had some of those down there on the testicles <laughs> and he wasn't into CBT. <laughs> and, and if you work in technology like I work in technology, my entire job <laughs> is based on when technology breaks. That's what my team does. We activate when things break. Yeah, which is why I don't like any of the idea of any of this sort of thing because right. one, See, you know, one day it's a vibrating <laughs> pair of panties getting your lover off. The next day it's a robot taking over the fucking world. <laughs> it's a pair of vibrating which, panties and or uh, boxers, and then it's a taser. <laughs> yes, which is a different crap. Exactly, completely <laughs> equally applicable for entertainment, but exactly. just a different crowd, different audience. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, we've we've been watching a bunch of the robotic science fiction science future current science stuff and we're watching uh on the science channel or whatever where they'd start talking about all the developments they're making in artificial intelligence and robotics and periodically we'll just look at the television screen and go have you ever considered if this is a good idea (laughs) no we just want to be able to do it exactly yeah that's kind of what i thought (laughs) you haven't read any of those books have you So how do you see yourself using this in the future? Do you see any changes? Do you see anything else that you want to incorporate in? Yeah, I think we're going to go, we will end up doing, I think, more IM. One of the challenges is a lot of times when I'm on the road, I'll be out past everybody's bedtime. Mm -hmm. So simultaneous doesn't work as well. We'll continue with the stories. Uh, We'll continue with the remote one of the other things technology is actually something dan that you made me think of which is the idea of um bluetooth headsets okay so i actually just bought one that sort of tucks under behind the skull so it'll go under her hair in the back and then have the earphones yep and uh, another one of your podcasts, and I apologize, I can't remember which one it is. Neither can we. It's uh, the Australian company that does uh, porn for the vision impaired. Sure, Sonic Erotica. Yep. Sonic, Sonic Erotica. So I picked up a couple of those and uh, a blindfold and Bluetooth earphones and Sonic Erotica makes for quite a trip. I bet. I bet it does. So... Now, did you ever use, we haven't even touched, like, webcams. Did you ever use webcams or plan to use them? Does anybody still use them? I don't know. I'm sure people still use them. I'm an InfoSec guy. Uh I don't use them. Yeah. (laughs)